How do we make space for people on foot, on bike, on transit? We've made a lot of choices that prioritize the privileged people in cars. There's just a way to design our city in a more equitable fashion. And you get what you build for. And we've built for one method of transportation. And lo and behold, that's what we get. How do we move away from car culture? It's our responsibility to create across the district and across Los Angeles, a network of streets that people of all ages would feel comfortable using on bikes. I'm Nick. Doing good. Good to be with you. You are running. I am running. I am running for city council in LA's fifth district. Can you talk about some of the advocacy you've done? The first thing that I did when I became a member of the of our neighborhood council, this is Mid City West, which represents the Fairfax District, Miracle Mile, Carthay Circle, that whole sort of area, vibrant area of the Midtown section of Los Angeles, was uh, become the transportation chair, a uh, uh, committee chair. Um, back in 2012. Um, and one of the things that I was excited about was, well, how do we get some more bike infrastructure in our community? Because, you know, Mid-City West is, uh, has one of the highest walk scores of any neighborhood in the whole city. We, you know, it's really a mixed use community, but we had next to no bicycle infrastructure for these short trips that would be so convenient. Um, so what I did was I created a, a conceptual plan for a neighborhood greenway project to create two bicycle friendly streets um, through the neighborhood, which council member Kretz actually got on board with. Um, we were able to apply to Metro for grant funding um, and we won $2.3 million. And uh, that project is starting to be implemented now. It's a very, very long process. So that is a, was a huge success for our neighborhood council and for our community. Um, other efforts um, have not come to fruition. Um, we worked very hard to try to bring a road redesign to Sixth Street by LACMA and the Miracle Mile. Um, that was uh, uh, council member Rue, ex-council member Rue. Uh, did not allow that project to go forward despite a lot of community support, including many of the uh, constituent organizations that represented Sixth Street. Um, more recently uh, with Uplift Melrose, Council Member Koretz, who represents another part of our district, um, ended up blocking that project, which I think would have been really transformative for Melrose and was embraced by a broad coalition of stakeholders, including many residents, business owners, the business improvement district, the schools in the area, and lots of other institutional actors and individuals. So uh, we've had our disappointments as well. He blocked something that was supported by all these groups. And he did that how many times? Well, but he did. Yeah. He has done that many. He has done that many times. Um, you know, he has let some some projects have gone forward, like the Motor Avenue redesign, like our Greenway project, but it's very piecemeal. And due to it has been, you know, the fate of these projects has been based on, I think, the council members' read of the politics and particularly the opinions of his core constituencies and less on an analysis of safety data 
and how we move forward as a city. So that has been that has been unfortunate. But I was going to say uh, you're not running against him. No, I'm not. So no. there's really no point in uh, figuring out his psychology. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, I, we just need to move forward, and I think that um, I'm excited for this to be one of the core issues of my campaign. Is yeah. how do, how do we how do we get you know how do we make space for people on foot, on bike, on transit for a cleaner, greener future? Yeah. And there's a, what, what is the word for that? Complete streets or like just? Yeah, complete streets, absolutely. Um, you know, I think we, see, we look at this through some different lenses. You know, um, when we think about equity, uh, we, I think we talk about complete streets. When we think about safety, we talk about vision zero. Um, I think it's all kind of pointing in the same direction, you know, which is, how do we reorganize our public realm? How do we reorganize our streets to work for everybody? Well, what is there? I mean, we've mentioned that Karetz was probably making a political calculation. And so what's the political calculation that we're making in your candidacy? Like Nithia, I mean, were you inspired by that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Extremely, very, very much inspired by her run. I supported Nithia. I, we share many of the same passions. And I was also really inspired by how she won. With Nithya's race, we are seeing what many progressives were hoping to see with a move towards even year, an even year electorate, which is higher turnout, um, more engagement from a broader section of the populace, um, and as a result, a more forward-looking result. Um, and that's what we saw with Nithya, with Nithya's win. She she engaged a whole heck of a lot of new voters, and that that has is helping to move us forward as a city. What are some other? You said you share some same passions. Indeed, yeah. I mean, I think we 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 both are very concerned about homelessness in this city, the the human the human crisis, which is homelessness. I think we're both very concerned about the cost of housing in Los Angeles and how it's becoming prohibitive to live in Los Angeles, that we may lose our middle class, that people uh, who work in our neighborhoods often have to you know, commute from very, very far away. And, and I think we're both very concerned about the climate, about climate change and what we can do locally um, on, the, on, on that issue. And I think there are a lot of things that we can do. So yeah, I think there is a lot of overlap there. On this show, you have to connect everything to bikes. So <laughs> like homelessness and transportation, can you connect these things? <laughs> well, I, I, I think, I think that, you know, the way I see it, um, all of these issues are about how do we how do we build a more sustainable and just city? You know, I think that we've made a lot of choices in how we build out our city that prioritize, you know, the privilege that prioritize that prioritize people in cars. You know, I think we, there's just a way to design our city in a more equitable fashion, and and I think those themes kind of uh, those themes are part of what being a mobility advocate are and and they they're the same themes that I think are about that that housing advocates and homeless advocates uh, base their advocacy on and when you say sustainability well well I mean I think about sustainability 
first of all, I mean, I think we need to think about the climate crisis in our in our world when we think about sustainability. So, you know, when we think about mobility, transportation is the highest emitting sector um, in the state um, when it comes to carbon emissions. So, if we want to solve climate climate change locally, then we have to figure out how to get people out of cars. Now, some people are still going to need to use cars. That's fine. Um, uh, they're going to remain a very important uh, transportation alternative for many people for many trips, but not all trips have to um, have to be by car. And you you get what you build for. And we've built for one method of transportation, and lo and behold, that's what we get. Um, so that's one. Th- when I talk about sustainability, that is certainly a, a, a big piece. Is how do we how do we move away a little bit away from car culture? Um, towards a more balanced system of transportation. That's going to be really important for, for our air quality, for our quality of life, but also for, for the climate. I find myself not riding a bike much anymore. I mean, my main bike riding was uh, commuting and I was doing that. I had a long commute. It was very satisfying. I was very happy to do it. Now I'm uh, a stay-at-home dad here and my wife is working and I find that I can't bring myself to bike with my, my little daughter on the front. Mm. I know a lot of people do it. And it's because I don't trust people in cars. Unfortunately, there's a leap of faith that has to happen and I can't make that leap. So we're fighting for these projects. Like you said, it took how eight years for them to just be about to start your. Yeah. I mean, part of that is, you know, these grant funded projects have a very long timeline Eight years involved the conception of the project, getting it through our, our committee, advocating for it, getting it funded by Metro, and now making sure that when it's be- being implemented, it's in- being implemented in a way that is first class, that's a world-class project. But they really, you know, um, even though the, originally we thought the project would be done by this year, but then they push out the dates. Um, this happens a lot with grant funding. So it's, it's part, some of it is, you know, sort of out of the city's control because these expensive projects that deal with building curbs and stuff like that often need grant funds. But we need to figure out how to do this stuff more quickly, you know, um, and I think part of the problem is we're not, we're not putting enough money into active transportation. Um, you're seeing that at all levels, including at Metro, with, you know, whose mission is, um, you know, building a more sustainable transportation system. And yet they're flooding money into these highway projects and, you know, mobility, active transportation projects get a pittance. So, you know, one of the things that I think I'm excited about is being part of a growing chorus of more progressive young leaders across the region saying, we need to think about this a little bit differently. You're seeing that with people like Constantine Anthony and Burbank and you know, Alexandra Contreras, who who ran, um, who I think was on your show, right? Who 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 ran in Downey, um, a very inspiring campaign talking about uh, these issues that I was just talking about. Um, so I'm hopeful when I see these voices, and that's something you know, and I I want to be a part of that because. Uh, we're not going to solve this just in LA. We have to like, we have to shift the paradigm and it's going to, it's going to need these voices across the region. Yeah. 
you know, I'm, I'm just a little impatient, but I guess that's, that's how it is. Yeah, I am too. So you bike. I do bike. Yeah. And like you, um, my biking has, um, lessened a lot with COVID. Um, I was a bike bus commuter to UCLA and now I barely bike, um, because I work remotely because I'm very busy (laughs) and don't really have time, a lot of time for recreation. Um, and you know, even if there, you know, I share some of those concerns that you that you voice. We do have some nice neighborhood streets, and we have slow streets in our community. So I would consider doing that with my daughter. But um, you know, it's not without even even those slow streets are not without any stress. Um, so it's it's a barrier to to actually doing it. Yeah, and I I know I'm idealistic, but I do feel that getting around safely should be a, a right and it feels like there should be some recognition in that and like if it's a right you shouldn't have to fight for it so so hard for such small increments yeah i agree i mean i think some of our leaders seem to think that you know if you don't build a bike lane then there will be no people biking i you know i think we have to shift the thinking a little bit people are already out there i think it's it's we, we shouldn't think about it as like we should think of it as a responsibility. People are out there. This is a this is a legitimate choice, and by the way, a much more sustainable choice, <laughs> a choice that we would want to encourage. I think it should be the responsibility of city council members to make sure that they are safe. You know, um, public. What what is more key in terms of governance than than uh, taking care of the welfare of your of your con- constituents. Um, so that's, you know, that is the way that I would frame it is, you know, it's our responsibility to create across the district and across Los Angeles, a network of streets that people of all ages would feel comfortable using on bike so that people can get at, get around on their chosen method of transportation safely efficiently, pleasurably. Yeah, you can put that down in writing. <laughs> you could slow down the traffic. Aren't there, there ways of, of slowing down cars? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, the infrastructure is, there's, a, there's some different options for the infrastructure and, and we kind of have to use an all of the above approach. So I do think we need to create a network of really low stress bikeways, but that's not all bike lanes. Some of it would would include protected bike lanes. Some of it would include the kind of neighborhood greenways that I've championed and gotten funded in my community, which are a really good fit actually for the geography of Los Angeles, which has many of these residential side streets that already have pretty low traffic volumes. Um, And I think conventional bike lanes have a place too, although I'd like to see them enhanced with paint and planted medians and other elements that can calm traffic. I also am not um, favorable to standard bike lanes on streets with more than one traffic lane in each direction. Uh, Because I think when you have a street with multiple lanes in each direction, the speed tends to be set by the imprudent driver, driver rather than the prudent driver. And it's, it's a situation that is not comfortable for people on bikes. So I think those types of streets, if we're gonna design bike lanes, they should be protected. But I do think there's still a place for 
um, standard bike line lanes on, on arterial streets that um, have one lane in each direction. So I, I think the infrastructure is a mix, but I think what's, what's really important is that we create a network where people can really get around um, on their own power. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot to ask, but I don't know that anybody's asking it. Has anybody asked? Has anyone asked those questions? Has anyone asked for the network? I mean, like officially, there was uh, the... Well, sure. I mean, we have we have the policy support. Yeah, it's, it's, our, it's our approved it's our approved mobility plan. Yes, indeed. I forgot that. And right now it's basically just a plan on the shelf that's being implemented marginally in some places. Well, then... Is anybody asking to implement our approved mobility? What is it, the 2035? Yeah, the, the 2035 mobility plan. Um, it's happening in very piecemeal ways. I think certain council members want to get things done. Certain communities want to get things done. And also LADOT has a strategic action plan around Vision Zero where they're trying to solve the very worst streets. And sometimes that overlaps um, with investments in bicycle infrastructure. These projects sort of originate in different ways. If they are in the mobility plan, I think it helps push them forward. But being in the mobility plan certainly doesn't guarantee implementation. And we don't really have an implement. We have a plan for what it should look like. We have certain streets that are supposed to be prioritized for early implementation but we really don't have a serious implementation plan for the mobility plan. We have, it's, it's a design plan. We, and, and the city council really hasn't done much to lay out a framework for how it's going to be implemented over time. So that's something that needs to change. And compared to like homelessness or housing or um, what were some of the other major ones? Well, my campaign will certainly have a focus on homelessness, on housing, on, on transportation, on sustainability and on racial justice. A lot of time, it seems like people who are passionate about a network of protected bike lanes are going to have to wait because it's easier to say biking is a choice, although we can you know, make the argument that it's for a lot of people not than you know, to say homelessness or being on the wrong end of racial injustice is you can't say those are choices. You know, but so you have to connect things. You have to sort of somehow find a way to make it intersect. I guess. Yeah, um, there's no doubt about the fact that we have lots of pressing issues in this in this city. Um, and I think um, sometimes, you know, I think homelessness is top of mind for a lot of people because of just how epic that crisis is. And so sometimes, yeah, I think that mobility gets less attention, perhaps. There are resource constraints, but I actually don't think we spend our money very well or very wisely. And a lot of the investments are not particularly expensive. I think often we have a problem of political will and not just resources. So I'm pretty optimistic that we could get a lot done with good leadership. You know, with Nithya, you know, Nithya on the council, if, if I'm lucky enough to win, you're starting to see, you know, a council that is much more progressive on transportation, I think we could get more done. Did you see Joe Linton's article in Streets Blog LA about the things that Nithya that could do that are actionable in her district? I quickly perused it. I didn't read it in great detail. I mean, it's the idea that, you know, here's the low-hanging fruit. And this is according to Joe did research with people who were, you know, really invested mm -hmm. uh, in in knowing about this, would you like to see that actionable uh, steps that can be taken in District Five? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you have your own. My own ideas about what, what need to be like those early 
early um, projects. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do have some ideas. For example, in Westwood, we need a low stress bikeway between the expo line and campus. Is that on, on Westwood? Is it on a side street? I don't know 100% what that might look like. You know, Westwood also has to accommodate buses and we want to give more space for people on buses too. So, um, but I think there's no question about the fact that we need a really good bikeway between those two, you know, and, and then we have the purple line coming too. So Expo line, purple line along that Westwood Boulevard corridor and then campus. It's extremely expensive to live in Westwood. Many students don't live in Westwood. They live in Palms or other places. So that's a, a high priority for me. And so I would definitely want to look at what are the options and, and let's get it done. And also connecting the university to the West, I think is really important um, because there isn't a great connection now. Ohio, I guess, is the best, the best way to get over, but it could certainly be improved. Um, so that is a big piece that, of something that I would want to take on. Uh, we need to fill that gap in that North Fail gap on the Expo Line bikeway uh, in Palms, in Cheviot Hills. That is being worked on, but we need to figure out how we can make it happen faster and how we can, you know, make sure that Motor Avenue section is as low stress as possible too, because this is really going to be, you know, one of the key bike paths in our whole city. So we need to make sure that people can, you know, get through safely and feel like the, regardless of their skill level that they can, that they can use that that bikeway to get east-west. Um, so those are a few things. And, um, you know, certainly in my neck of the woods, um, I would like to see Melrose Avenue, a Melrose Avenue protected bike lane, which is on the mobility plan and which would have partially been implemented via Uplift Melrose. So that is something that I would be interested in, in trying to bring back to life um, and possibly working with Nithya to extend east. Um, so those are just a few things, but, you know, I also want to hear from the communities about what those, what are those uh, missing links. I think we could do a lot of stuff around neighborhood greenways. There's a lot of opportunity there with little investment. Uh, so that's something that I'd be very interested in, in too. So you were an educational researcher and now you're a contact tracer. I'm a contact tracer right now. Yeah. That means you find out who people have been in contact with who have COVID. Yeah. So what I, yeah. So what I do is when somebody is COVID positive, we investigate the situation. So we'll have conversations with people that are COVID positive, see who else they were in close contact with, make sure that those folks quarantine, make sure the people that are positive isolate so that we can slow the spread of the disease. So the team that I work on does, does all the contact tracing for the UCLA community. So staff, faculty, students. You've got a lot of interesting stuff going on to think about. Yeah, I think I offer, you know, a, a very broad uh, expertise when it comes to policy. So my, my, Career-wise, I've worked in education and public health. In terms of my community leadership, I've focused a lot on homelessness and transportation and housing. So I think um, I have a lot to offer in terms of policy knowledge. Big field, right? There's, There's five of us so far. Open seats don't come very often, so there may, may maybe more people will enter. I wouldn't be very surprised. And it's very early, right? 2022? It is. The, the city gives you a long time. They're, they're a year and a half 
campaigns for city council. So you can start raising money and set up your committee a year and a half. So the primary will be spring of 2022. Um, but I'm a grassroots candidate, so I need to get my name out there quickly and start building support. All right, well, maybe it is the time for the grassroots candidates. I think it is. I mean, lots of folks underestimated Nithya and look look where she is. I mean, she, the first person to be an incumbent in Los Angeles in I think 17 years um, and did it, did it in a really inspiring way. So I think I think politics in LA is, is shifting very dramatically um, and it's really exciting to see so many more people engaged right now. Uh, you're seeing that also just in this, you know, actually it's an interesting side effect of, of the pandemic, which is that all of this, all of these public meetings are happening online and we're, we're actually seeing engagement increase tremendously. Um, and people are un also understanding that um, a lot of the policy levers are at the local level. And so you're seeing all of this wonderful engagement around racial justice, around housing and homelessness, um, both at the community level, you know, helping our unhoused neighbors, but also at the policy level, like people coming onto these police commission meetings and city council meetings and, and really um, raising their voices and, and making a huge impact. So I'm excited to kind of um, capture a bit of that energy with my with my, my candidacy. Right. Do you want to say where your information is all? Yeah, so you can reach me at um, scottforla.com is my website. And, and on there, you will see, um, you will, there'll be links to my social media, press on my campaign and all of that and, and ways to get involved. So hope, hope uh, people will get involved very soon. We'd love to hear from you. All right, thanks, Scott. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being on here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 